boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammerlock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. What a wacky week in the world of bees, she's, and me personally, and probably you. We had great Ganya last week. Incredible feedback from that one. It's episode 23 of the Total Bees, she's show. I'm Mike Davidson. Why do people not know how to say bees, she's? How come it doesn't roll off every, uh, every other person's tongue like it does mine? I don't know. I asked Greg Ganya to say it last week, and it was like I asked him to recite the Magna Carta. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> but he, he did get it for us. Yes, he did. He sure did. He was awesome, by the way. He I, was I awesome. over that. What a nice guy. He's like your happy uncle who's happy to see you, happy to talk to you on the phone. That's what it was like talking to Greg. How are you doing this week, Chris? Uh, I'm doing great. Doing fantastic. Another character building week. We're bringing back character building Chris. Character building Chris. That means you're stressed out and it's been tough. That's true. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, I've got stuff I want to talk about. One's going to be to revisit an argument I had with you a week ago. I look forward to it. Another thing is going to be when I talk about something and I go off and people are like, oh, Mike's being real hard on somebody. And then they post a video that proves everything I said was right. I get vindicated. And that happened this week. And also, what else was I going to talk about? I'm going to talk about Saskatchewan wrestling. And the reason I'm going to talk about that, Dave Cote asked us about it a couple of weeks ago and I answered it, but I didn't do my homework. And now I've done my homework so I can talk about it more freely. So it's very, it's a very intricate, um, complex situation. And I'm going to talk about the two companies there that are trying to make a, trying to make a splash, including CWE, who just announced that they're taking Harry Smith to Saskatchewan. So that's coming up today. And then we're going to have the soon to be sponsored mailbag. That's right. And we have an interview with probably the promoter in Canada that's doing it the best, if I have to say so. That's heavy metal out of Edmonton. So we got a jammed packed show this week. I want to start with a video. It's Adam Knight, the outlaw, who's not an outlaw. And people have said, if you keep talking about Adam Knight, we're going to, like, you've hit it, you've made your point, you're overkill now, not overkill the wrestler. That's right. But overkill (laughs) because you've said everything there is to say. But then I saw a video online and it was to promote a CWE match. And it was a match Adam Knight against, Adam Knight against um, Sam Roth at CWE at Rookies Sports Bar in Winnipeg. And I, let's play it, because I'm and I'm going to pause it when I want to tell you what Adam Knight has done wrong. So I'm going to play that now. Long pause, good way to start a promo. So this Friday, here in Winnipeg, Rookie Sports Bar, y'all Adam Knight is getting a chance to get back in the ring and work out some frustrations. Wait, 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 pause, pause, mm-hmm. pause. Okay, so Adam Knight is getting ready to get in the ring and work out some frustrations. Here's the problem with how he delivered that. He had no bass in his voice and had no arrogance or confidence in his voice as a heel. 
So what he should say is, if he's frustrated, he should sound frustrated. Right there, he sounds like he's reflective. And Adam Knight is going to get into the ring and get to take out some frustrations. Now, the point of a promo, especially one that you're using online to, to drum up interest in a show, is to get the buying public, Chris, to spend money on tickets. That's what this promo should do. I'm going to continue it now, and let's hope it gets better. I have very little confidence in that. Frustrations. Long pause. So many things going on in the outlaw's life right now that he needs to deal with. Most specifically, learning how to cut a promo. Over the fact that he was unable to reclaim the CWE title from Mendelo just a few short weeks ago. Listen to that frustration in his voice. As such, I'm looking forward to being at Rookies. It's my favorite place to go beat the crap out of somebody. Yeah. And nothing makes me feel better than being able to beat the crap out of somebody. Sure. Yep, you're so convincing me. Manage and line up for me. Young Mr. James Roth. Long pause, like he couldn't remember his opponents. Since I've been back in CWE, all I hear about is what an up-and-coming blue chipper the mustachioed man James Roth is. Pause, pause, what pause. What a... So what he isn't hearing is our podcast where I'm telling him how to be a better character. He's not. He, he's not learning how to be an outlaw. He's not hearing what he's doing not right. He's hearing about Sam Roth. So I don't know where he's hearing about Sam Roth, but he isn't hearing stuff that would make him a better performer. Now I'm going to continue. Great classic competitor, a man with a great set of fundamentals, a great athlete, a great community person, a great family <laughs> man. That's all great. All things but that are going to make people want to buy a ticket. He's just one more guy in a long list of up and comers who want to cut their teeth Try to take a chunk out of the greatest thing in Central Canadian wrestling. Definitely the greatest thing in Central Canadian I'm wrestling. <laughs> icon in Canadian wrestling. Icon, yes. For it's just the way it is now. Yeah, it's great fact. promo. So everybody steps up to the plate and everybody wants a piece of me. It doesn't matter if they're a famous person from out of town or if they're an up-and-coming young man looking to make their name. They think, I'm the guy... That is their stepping stone. No, they don't. The next level. No, they don't. What these people forget is that I do the stepping. <laughs> so, James Roth, this Friday, come on down. Give me your best shot. Oh, yeah. We'll see who steps up. Yes, we'll see who steps up. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. That was Adam Knight. And I'm going to share that promo to social media. And the reason I'm going to share it, and I'm going to ask Danny dug in for permission to do that because it's technically his property. That's true. Is because you got to see the facials that really sold this too. I used the voice to sell this. Now remember, there's people who like Adam Knight. And I like Adam Knight too. Yeah. That's the problem. It doesn't seem like it. No, but here's the problem. <laughs> people who like him are like, oh, you're being too hard on him. No, no, that's, I. you you're, You might be right, but I I am a person who does like Adam Knight. Yeah. But I don't think you're being too hard no. on him. No. I think you... I think you're being exactly as hard as you should be. On so him. I'm going to make an offer to Adam Knight. Oh God. Now the last time, well, one of the last times I saw him, he threw a punch at me and I should tell that story. We should put a poll up if people want to hear that story. It has to do with the town of Rokeby, but I make an offer to Adam Knight. Adam Knight, it's clear you don't know how to cut a promo and it's clear that you are cutting it in a place you shouldn't because you're talking with a hush because you don't want to draw attention to yourself, which is the exact opposite of what a promo is supposed to do. Yes. And if you would like Adam Knight, the next time you're going to cut one of these promos, I would love to produce it for you. 
I will come there. We'll under, I'll get to understand what it is you're trying to put across. I'll tell you how you should deliver it and certain things you should say. You should not end a promo with, I'm the one who does the stepping. Some of the content wasn't bad. Like oh, no, the, it was all bad. The content. No, no not, we're going to have another argument. I think we are. I, I feel like some of the content wasn't bad. You And you yourself said he should be putting himself over as the greatest thing in Canadian wrestling. Yeah, but he did not do that. He was, he was trying to do that. Okay, so the idea of the promo, as I said, is to sell tickets. So Sam Roth, is that, what was it? Sam? Sam, Sam Roth. Yes, yeah, yeah, I think Roth. Sam Roth. You are a community leader. Okay, yeah. What makes you, I know why he's a community leader. He's a firefighter, the, right? Yeah. So say he's a firefighter. That's what made me laugh. And say on though. Friday night, when I wrestle you, I want you to come at me like I'm the biggest arsonist, you know, because I'm looking to torch the place with you in it. Say something that's catchy. Yeah. This is a guy that's sitting there <sighs> pausing immensely drawing out a one-minute promo into a two-and-a-half-minute promo and having nothing to say. I've just cut a better promo on Adam Knight cutting a promo than Adam Knight will ever cut in his career. So, Knight, I make this offer to you. Call me up. I will come down to where you're cutting this promo. I'll say, okay, we can't do it here because you won't feel comfortable letting yourself out. That's what a promo is. You know what? You should do the promo here in this studio. Yeah, it's a good sound you, Where you can... you release yourself like this guy's got so much pent-up frustration that's all he could talk about and he's not releasing it the word i said his promo on james storm was a one out of ten or less this is this might give that this might actually be the worst promo he's ever cut and it's because he's not listening to the total beast show because he'll never listen to me because what does mike davidson know well i know how to produce you so now guess what happens he wrestles the match against roth and he's supposed to lose the match. Break kayfabe. He's supposed to lose the match to Sam Roth. But it's supposed to lead to some more business. Right. So how should he lose that match to Sam Roth to keep himself strong? Because he's supposed to be one of the top heels in the company. Well, he tapped out apparently. When what he should have done is it should have been something very fluky, very quick, and left him something to come back and say, hey, you proved something to me. Now you prove to me you can tap me out and humble me, and I got nothing. I got nothing left. Right. Right. Now, unless Adam Knight's going to beat him with a chair to get his heat back, he's got nothing. Adam Knight, I thank you because if anybody ever needed proof, and sometimes even Chris needs proof that I know what I'm talking about, you gave me that with this promo. You gave me so much to talk about. It is one of the worst promos I've ever heard. Talk with confidence, have some bass in your voice, or don't cut the promo. If you're not going to sell a ticket with what you're doing with on video, don't do it. Because the whole point of wrestling is to sell. Sell tickets, sell angles, sell wrestling moves, sell, 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 and you sold nothing there. But that's it. That's all I got to right. say about Adam Knight this week. That's all about Adam Knight this week, even though I think some of the content was okay. Yeah, no. It was, some of the content was okay. I the love, delivery was bad. I love when you disagree with me. I know you do. I love it because it gives me so much ammo. It, it fires me up. And this is what brings me to my second point. Last week we were talking about the AEW title. And I said Jericho having the ROH, ROH title is a mistake that they should have put him back on top of their main division, right. AEW. And the reason was because a heel on top when business is a little touchy is better because you can create the chase. Right. Now, you disagreed and you said, no, you, you, who did you say? I, I disagreed with the Jericho part. Who did you say though? I can't remember. Brian Danielson. Oh, yeah, I think Brian Danielson. Yeah. Or I, MJF. I, MJF. Brian Danielson. I think you said MJF. MJF. Yeah. Okay. MJF 
should be their long-term vision for champion. I said last week that they should be like WWE. WWE already knows where they want to go with WrestleMania. So imagine six months from now, where do you want to go? What money match do you want to be giving the people that's going to draw huge interest? Now, imagine Chris Jericho is the champion today after that tournament, the Grand Slam, I think they called it. And imagine that that leads to Jericho then winning a match against any baby face underneath. There's Adam Page, Hagman Page. And then he beats somebody else. But in every match, he doesn't come across as the strong heavyweight champion. He comes across like Ric Flair 1987, let's say. Yeah. Where Ronnie Garvin eventually beat Ric Flair yeah, because sure. Ric Flair always looked like the baby face he was scared of. Uh, was it Barry Windham too in 87? Yeah, Barry, he wrestled Barry Windham. Magnum TA got hurt. That's why that yeah. all happened. Anyway, so Jericho should assume the role of Ric Flair. Now, at the same time, you're giving the credibility of Jericho in those matches on pay-per-view where everyone thinks he could lose it, right? The betting odds aren't very clear. At the same time, you should be tying the rocket to um, Wardlow. That should be the guy that you're going to build the match of the year with, Jericho Wardlow, where Jericho is deathly afraid of Wardlow, and you get Wardlow really hot like Goldberg, and then you bring them together on pay-per-view in six months, and that's the crowning point for Wardlow if you do it right. Then you can go right into Wardlow and MJF, who have the history, and there's so many things you could do, but you could get Wardlow red hot by beating people in programs up until he gets Jericho and Jericho says, listen, I've, re- I took Goldberg down on his ass in the locker room. You think I'm scared of you? Whatever, whatever. There's so many things Jericho would be able to do in the promo to be dismissive to, to Wardlow as just a muscled up guy who doesn't have the wrestling talent to be on top, but still show that he's scared to wrestle the match, then wrestle the match, lose the belt. And there's money. There's money. I told you you're wrong. I'm right. Mm, sorry. No, you just laid you just laid out how it would work with Chris Jericho. I agree. I just don't think it should be Chris Jericho. Then who should it be? Brian Danielson. No, nope. Brian, Brian Danielson da- on top of Ring of Honor would have been better Brian for business. Brian Danielson is is has the clock ticking. I know Chris Jericho does too, but, but Brian Danielson has only so many more headshots in him is before Bri- he's done. That's why you might not want to put another guy on top that that's, doesn't have the durability. Why, that's why you want to get everything you can out of him now. Is he a heel or a baby face? He can be anything. Okay, but the problem is, you, him I, what ba- I just told heel. you is you needed a heel that the baby face chases. Yeah. So you, you can, needed you an make, established you heel. heel. No, you can't. You you have to understand something. When the guy goes on top, he should already be established of if he's a baby face or a heel. I, the I, people should know and they should already. I understand that. But if you've watched AEW at all, you've seen his character. It's very smarmy, very dismissive, even though he's a face. He's getting some heel reactions. People That's think bad booking because it's a, not a clear line. People think he's a prick, so it would not yeah. be hard for him to That's be That's where heel. your friend Tony Khan makes bad decisions because he's not on a clear line with <laughs> my, that character. I like how he's my friend. Well, because he's relatively incompetent. I don't want to be known as his friend. Anyway, so that's where Jericho... Whoa, whoa, are you saying I'm incompetent? <laughs> no, I'm saying that Tony Khan is relatively incompetent. That's why I don't want him to be... No, I don't want to be known as his friend. Okay. That's what I said. Anyway, so Jericho as champion would work. We could argue about it, but we don't have to. But that's the truth. Jericho on top would be the number one thing that they could have done. It was the safest move. Yeah. And it would have it led to a money match. I agree with the safest move, and I agree with he could have led to the money match. Yep. 
I mean, yeah, sure. Would've... If you if you line it up the way you said, sure, sure. Yeah, it would. and you could but line up MJF be... for a money match as a heel with baby faces chasing them, but it wouldn't be against Wardlow because they've already kind of scraped the surface of that. Yeah, it would that... have to be against like I don't know Danielson or Omega. Yeah. That's right? kind of why I said Danielson, because I thought he could do maybe a little bit more than Jericho can do at this point. You could also build to a money match between Jericho Omega 3, because they're tied at one and one. Are they? I thought they blew that off, didn't they? Uh, maybe. I don't know. If they did, I missed it, which means they blew a money match that nobody cared about, or they didn't do enough with it, maybe. Fair. I don't know. Um, okay. So now something I did homework on, and I don't do homework when it comes to the Total BG show, and we don't use a run sheet or a format. I just... Think of stuff. I to wish say. we did. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Um, so the homework I did was on the province of Saskatchewan in Canada, where a lot of people are saying the business is really down there. And the last time CWE ran there, they ran there with Shark Boy, and they ran head to head with a CFL football game, and they and it affected their ability yeah. to draw. Um, and you know, I like Shark Boy as a novelty act, but I don't think Shark Boy is going to generate a whole bunch of new people coming to a show. Um, so their house was down, and then there's Ringside Wrestling in in Saskatchewan in, as well, and their business has been a little bit down. And I, I asked a few people who knew. I asked my friends in the, in Saskatchewan. I said, "What's happening there? Why why is business down?" And it sounds like it's just a cycle where independent promoters maybe, you know, they didn't. The pandemic didn't help, but even before the pandemic, it was it was trending downward, and nobody really could say why. Some some of it has to do with not enough uh, promoting to make it an event, right? And I've talked about all the ways promoters could make it an event and started with graphic design, professional photography, a better effort to make your show the must-see event, and they're not doing that properly. And in the case of CWE, it sounded pretty excusable because they it, it it's a stop on a circuit for them. It's not something where they're sitting there building that town as their main town. So what I would do if I was a Saskatchewan promoter, I said this when Dave Cote asked me the question, I would develop a business plan of what I wanted to do over the span of a year and not think about, hey, I'm going to draw a house next show. I would be thinking about over the course of a year, I'm going to build this way, this way, this way, this way, this way. I'd have a five-part plan of the ways I'm going to build my my show. And it would be, okay, I, I need to get more families and kids in there. That's for sure. I need to generate more interest amongst the hardcore wrestling fans of Saskatchewan. I need to try to develop angle, or, uh, um, gimmicks that are going to generate interest like i did it with reality tv stars jesse goddard's johnny fairplay something that's going to make people go ah it's wrestling but i'll go check it out because it's this right put a little put a little twist to it they got it but you don't sit there and think oh i'm going to turn around business today you got to think here's where i'm going to here's where i'm going to be next show here's where i want to be after show four of monthly here's where i want to be in a year and you have to have a plan and stick to it. I think what's happening now is the promoters are just going through the motions of, hey, let's just run a show. Let's get the posters out. Let's do the Facebook. Let's do the Instagram. And hopefully the people are going to come. Stop hoping people are going to come. Start getting proactive. Start doing the work. I think it can work. Now, CWE, home run. Hold on a second. Before you move on from there, I got a question. No, I, I'm, I'm on the same subject. Still. Okay, all right. CWE, home run, goes and gets a bona fide star in Saskatchewan when they brought... When they announced that the next show will have Harry Smith. Harry Smith, yeah. Davy Boy Smith Jr. That is a great, great addition to the yeah. show. He's a heavyweight. 
the match he could have with, say, AJ Sanchez or the match he could have with Sean Martins or there's a bunch of different things. He could team with Mentolo. He should probably be used as a babyface in Western Canada. Um, and I think you've got something there. He could do a match against Danny Duggan. So Harry Smith, if it is should increase business by 25 to 30 or 40 or 50 people even. Now, let's say that they're drawing under 100. I don't know what they're drawing. The goal would be that Harry Smith generates enough interest with the media and enough interest with the fans that maybe you double it. If you double it, great, you're you're where you want to be. I personally, as a promoter, would want to be at three, four hundred. That's what I was just going to say. If, yeah. if I if I'm bringing in Harry Smith, I want three hundred people minimum. And and maybe that's the goal. I don't know yeah, what. Yeah, it is. Well, exactly. But I, you got to set your real your goals realistically. If you're going from say eighty five or hundred against a Rough Rider game, in fairness. Um, you, you don't think you're going to do three or four times that that's a lot of pressure on Harry, right? But Harry's a lot bigger than shark boy, but kudos to Danny for identifying it and ringside. You know what they're doing? They brought the Bollywood boys in. So a tag team is a good act. It's going to be a good match. They're fresh out of WWE. I, I, I like them a lot. Do you think that they would draw though? It's quest- it's questionable. I think Davy Boy Smith Jr. is a better name. Oh, one hundred percent. I think the Bollywood Boys, like I love everything they do, but I don't know that they ever got a f- big enough shake on television. Well, that's the problem. They yeah. were a supporting a supporting act on WWE TV, and uh, they're good for like the. Okay, so this sort of dovetails with the question I had. Anyways, uh, I was going to ask you what are you what would you do with. Uh, rebuilding in terms of who do you go after first? Do you go after the the hardcore wrestling fans that that have gone away? Do you go after the laps fans first? Like you See, have to go after. I think you go after the hardcore fan nah, first. So the promoter, and that's what the Bollywood boys are for. That's yeah. for the hardcore fan. So the promoters are real bad for this. They always go after the market they already have, but they don't have no. But the, that that f- hardcore fan is still there. And you're and There's you're only and you're gonna reel them in. No, you probably have two hundred of them, yeah. but you're gonna reel them back with any act you give, right? Okay, like any name you bring in. So the the idea being, if you want to light that territory on fire, you're gonna have to generate new fans because the lab you, you can't count on the hardcore fans like the 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 consistent fans because they're already starting to tune you out. Yeah. So. I don't know. I think I would, I would think I would rethink my entire marketing strategy and go wider and try to use the net to try to bring in a whole bunch of new fans. And then the hardcore fans will say, Oh, I heard they're doing good again. Okay, So like a multi-pronged approach. Yeah. You're going to have to be creative and you're going to have to be hard working with it. Um, But kudos to ringside, kudos to CWE. Both are good acts. Like I don't think I, I I don't want to be dismissive to the Bollywood boys. If I was running, I would be looking at using the Bollywood boys as regulars, like getting the tag team belts on them. Same with Harry though. I, you're Davey boy Smith jr. I'd be looking at him saying, Hey, What's your schedule? Would you like to, you know, have a major push as a regular? Because it might work. The tra- if he's in if he's in Alberta or if they're in BC, the travel might not be that expensive. So that's my take on it. That's what they need to do in Saskatchewan. They need to stay focused on one year of rebuilding and not one show of rebuilding. Because you can't shotgun your way out of a, out of a recession. That's my opinion. And uh, yeah, thank you for letting me speak to all three subjects. All right, Mike, we put a bow on that one, and we have a guest standing by, so let's get to that right after this. Hey, BC's listeners, Steve Rosenthal here from Powertown. As the managing partner and co-founder of Powertown Wrestling, I just wanted to let you know that our Series 1, which includes figures of the iconic Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen, 
Magnum TA, Kerry Von Erich, Vern Gagne, and Luthez are now available for pre-order at PowertownWrestling.com. The figures are $45 each with bundles available. Each 7-inch scale ultra figure is also showcased with personalized accessories, ringwear, and championship belts. The unique book-like packaging delves into the lives and careers of the wrestlers in this series. Since our inception, we have made it our mission to celebrate the wrestlers that built this sport, and we are so excited to be able to share these figures with collectors and fans around the world. This is just the beginning for us, so be sure to follow us everywhere at Powertown Wrestling on Instagram and Facebook and on Twitter. There's much more to come from Powertown, where wrestling lives on. This is Wayne Stanton from Episode 6 of the Total Bees She's Show. If you're not listening to this podcast, I think you're a coward. The Total Bees She's Show makes it a point to try to know who's doing right and who's doing wrong in the world of promoting wrestling in all of Canada and all of North America. We talked about Eric Cannon a lot for what he did at the Mall of America. This guy in Edmonton is doing everything right. It blows my mind, and it's great to have him on the show. He was known as Heavy Metal, but suddenly... He's now known as Harlan Abbott. It's great to have you on the show. He runs Top Talent Wrestling, those are the shows, and Top Talent Wrestling Academy, where he's the head trainer. It's great to have you on the show. How are you? I'm great, man. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. So tell me what's happening out there. You're running a show, or you're running a venue called The Mid, The Mid, The Midday? Midway? Uh, Midway. Midway. Midway Music Hall. Midway Music Hall. It looks amazing in the pictures I've seen. How did you land yeah. it? And, and how did you put this together? Well, I mean, how I landed the venue is I used to do business with them years and years ago. Um, and this venue is incredible. Uh, it's literally a one of a kind. It is a, it is easily Edmonton's most, I mean, unless you're talking about like Rogers Place or anything like that, this is a premium venue for uh, concerts for stuff like that. Um, so when I decided that I was going to venture into the, the wrestling event industry, I thought, you know, I didn't want to run in a legion. I didn't want to run in a community hall. I wanted to be different. Uh, so I reached out to my friends at Midway and had a little chat with them to see if this would be something that they'd be interested in. And sure enough, um, our business models just kind of clicked together. So I felt like offering something that was very, very different from what's already in the uh, overloaded market was going to be key for me. Yeah, and it seems to be working because the videos you've released it looks like a Hollywood production. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, they're they're really great over there. The production is unbelievable. The whole reason why I chose that venue was for the production. I wanted to make sure that everything stood out. I wanted to make sure it had like a like a TV environment. You know, like you could see. Especially with the with the latest release we put on uh, on YouTube for free, you could see that with the cameras, with the cuts, with the edits, with everything, with the lighting, uh, the huge LED Tron that we have, uh, everything is up to snuff in terms that like, you know, I I would say that you could hold that next to an impact, next to an MLW, you know, content like that. That's amazing. Um, how are the fans responding to it? Are they coming out in droves? Yeah, it's really great. So. 
my events are 18 plus uh, at the moment. So I don't really have a chance to appeal to the families, which is a shame because we get a lot of family inquiries. We get a lot of kids that want to come out and stuff like that. Um, but right now we're just trying to do things a little bit different. Everybody's doing family events. Everybody's kind of catering to one market. So we wanted to create a, uh, a nightlife environment and mix wrestling with it. Um, and so far it's been hitting really, really well. We've had a ton of media coverage. Uh, the city has been super supportive of it. The wrestling fans have been super supportive of it. And we've been tapping into people that didn't even know wrestling existed in the city of Edmonton. So it's it's been going really, really well. That's impressive and important. Um, who are your top wrestlers that you're using? Oh, minus myself? Yeah, mine, well, <laughs> you can mention yourself first, obviously. <laughs> uh, my current champion happens to be Ava Lawless, who just so happened to be uh, featured on Defy very recently. She's all over uh, Western and Central Canada. She's dipping into the States. Uh, she's at the top there. I have a couple of students of mine that are on the event, which is T.Y. Jackson. If you haven't seen this kid before, he's unbelievable, Mike. Uh, and I have a feeling he's going to be a star. Um, geez, who else is on there? Jesse Youngblood is another guy that's on the card all the time. And I, I quite honestly, I really try to focus on bringing in talent from all over North America. Um, I try not to stick too, too much to the local scene. Um, obviously there's great talent here and I like to book them and I like to, to put together, you know, different matches and stuff like that. But I don't want to give the public anything that they can see on any given week, That's, you know, which can be a little bit tough because wrestling runs on a weekly basis out here. Yeah. That's a, a, a great vision to have is to stand out the way you, the number one way to stand out is have talent that they can't see elsewhere. Like I talk about exclusivity and people want to rip my head off for it, but you have the wrestling <laughs> fans, they're, they're going to spend their money a certain amount of money over a certain amount of shows, make it so they can only see what they can see at your show and you have a better chance of getting their money. That's, that's goes without saying. Um, how did you, how did you bridge the gap from being the full-time training school to then, Hey, let's do live events. Was there a, a certain thing that, prompted this or was it just something you knew could work yeah so actually what prompted it so i i don't want to be known as a wrestling promoter mm -hmm. that is not my goal in wrestling um i have no desire to be a wrestling promoter but i saw this avenue where i wanted to get more eyes on my wrestling academy and sometimes the best way to do that is to try to show um people in the city exactly what they could be doing, you know, whether it's from a fitness level, whether it's from like, they have a dream to be a professional wrestler or whatever it may be. Sometimes it's easier to get an event in front of them instead of an advertisement. Uh, because, you know, I tapped into so many different avenues trying to promote my wrestling school. And sometimes, I mean, you just kind of max out, you know, there's only so many things that people pay attention to, whether it's on social media, whether you're doing ads in the paper, um, whatever it may be. Sometimes you have to put a product in front of people where they go, wow, I want to do that. Like that looks fun. I want to do that. So the idea of me doing live events was never to be like a wrestling promoter. It was never to compete with other companies. It was never anything like that. It was to put a product in front of people so that, you know, when you get those rowdy adults, those college kids, uh, those people that have always wanted to be pro wrestlers and maybe never knew that they had an opportunity to, they go to these events and then they hear, Oh wow. Okay. Like, I could get my start right here in Edmonton. And that was kind of how I, I looked at this. And that's how I kind of bridged the gap between, you know, being a, a full-time wrestling school 
to running live events. It was solely to try to drive my business model that was my wrestling school. I'm amazed at how intelligent you sound when you answered that last question because everything you said was bang on. Now, Harlan, Harlan Abbott is wrestling all over Canada. How do you focus both on being an active pro wrestler, traveling to BC, and you were in Manitoba for 3D a month and a half ago, and running your training school and promoting the event? How do you do all three? Um, let me tell you, it's incredibly difficult, but right now wrestling is my life. Uh, I have the luxury at the moment of being a full-time professional wrestler. I don't have another job. I don't have a nine to five. Um, this is, this is what I'm solely living off of right now. This is how I pay my rent. This is how I put food on the table. So, you know, I need to be able to balance all those things so that I can still pursue all the goals that I want to accomplish in professional wrestling while still being able to, you know, put a, put food on my table essentially and be able to build new talent and, and build this market that I'm trying to do. So it, it is really, really difficult to try to balance all those things, especially as one person, because there's, you know, I'm one person that runs every class every day. Um, so it's incredibly difficult and it's, it, it, I get stretched pretty thin, but at the same time, I, I probably benefit from it the most because I'm in the ring seven days a week. So I would say without being biased and without trying to sound pompous, I'd probably easily, you know, uh, the best athlete and the best package I have ever been in the nearly 20 years that I've been wrestling. And that comes from the fact that I am so dedicated to, to what I do in the ring. And that kind of drives me to continue to pursue it the way that I do it. Okay. You released some videos recently that were definitely professionally done in cinema. The cinematography on them was incredible. What's the word on that? Like, did you hire a production company to create this gimmick for you that you're, you're launching? I did. Yeah. So I believe in investing in yourself and that comes to wrestling gear that comes to, uh, you know, your presentation that comes to promos that comes to like, the live events in general, if you look at my live events, like you said, they're a spectacle. They're an experience. Uh, I don't want them to look like anything that's just out of a gymnasium or anything like that. So I believe in investing in yourself. And I believe that if you invest in yourself, that will come back tenfold. People will notice. Um, and especially in Alberta, Alberta is a bit of a black hole. Western Canada can be a bit of a black hole. Uh, Canada doesn't get as much recognition in terms of having the incredible athletes that we have in general so it's already super hard and if you think about how much talent is here chomping at the bit to try to get out of here i feel that the the difference that i have between myself and everybody else is that i'm willing to invest in myself so i went out and i found the best production production company that i could get uh that understood wrestling and wild one films and justin godlin he's absolutely incredible um, everything in that video was something that I visualized in my brain and I brought to him. I was like, Hey, how do we bring this to life? You know, uh, where do we go? What do we do? And he hit everything out of the park, everything that I visualized in my brain, he managed to, to capture and edit and put together, you know, and we had a couple different options that we were going to go with, but that cinematic type of thing is what I was really, really going for. And I thought that he did an incredible job on it. Even if I did almost drown and get hypothermia <laughs> in the middle of the mountain, <laughs> you know, well, but, the end uh, result was incredible. The end result was worth it. It looks like a million dollars. And also what looks like a million dollars is the graphic design that you use when you're promoting your events. Um, 
I talk about it. It's got to be professional photography. It's got to be professional graphics. Nobody, and I mean nobody in Canada is doing it better than you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly proud of my team. Uh, and this doesn't happen alone, you know, um, and I'm humble enough to know that these things don't happen alone, whether it comes to trying to create my character. I literally surrounded myself with people that had, you know, such creative brains that I could brainstorm with them. How's this character supposed to look? What should it, the gear look like? What should my presence be like? Um, straight down to the company, you know, what do these shows need to look like? What do people, you know, what do they want to pay for? If they, if wrestling these days costs so much money. You know, you can go anywhere in Canada and you're paying 25, 30, 40, 50. I've seen some as high as $80 ticket prices. Ooh. And a lot of times you're just kind of walking into a gymnasium and that doesn't really scream worth $80, you know? So when it comes to the graphics, when it comes to all that stuff, that's, that's your prime real estate. That's your first bit of contact that you have with anybody. Um, and I want it to be eye catching. I want people to know that we invest in our product, whether it's the venue, whether it's the talent, whether it's the graphics, you know, that if you're going to spend that $25, $30 price point with us, that you're going to get that back in return and even more. And I think that it all starts with the graphics. Um, and I have an incredible team that, that, you know, I can kind of conspire with and, and we can put our heads together and, uh, and really pull out some magic. So I'm really grateful for the people that I'm surrounded with. Very refreshing to hear somebody who gets it on all the levels. Now, let me ask you this, the expansion plan of top talent wrestling, how long before you offer like an, you know, like a streaming show for people all over North America to buy? You know, it's something that we're already looking at. Um, the thing is, it, it is just one person, you know, at the end of the day, I am just one person with a business, you know, so, and it could be tough to try to, uh, I mean, you were a businessman, you ran uh, a company, you know, yeah. and you did a lot of really, really big shows. And, and I think that you understand fully the stress and how, you know, thin you could spread yourself trying to handle all of these duties, you know? So my biggest thing is, uh, the tough part is letting things go so that other people can kind of handle them, you know, and I'm slowly starting to get used to that. I'm slowly starting to understand, okay, you know, some of the people that I surround myself with, they have the, the same interests, the same vision. So there are things that we are exploring. Um, you know, we're trying not to do too much too soon, but at the same time, we're trying to do it all. So every single show that we do, we want to be able to offer something different. So the first show, we never really did a whole lot of filming. Uh, that we just wanted to test out like, okay, how's this going to work? How's the production going to work? You know what I mean? Yeah. And the second show was like, okay, now everything's ironed out. We got to go, we got to go balls to the wall on this. We got to film it. We got to make sure we can get as many eyes on this as possible. And we did that, you know, we put it out for free just so people could see the content and know what we're doing. Cause the biggest thing for right now for me is just getting eyes on it, getting eyes on the talent, you know, getting eyes on the product, getting eyes on the venue, all that stuff. And as we do that, and as we build interest, and as we started to see on social media, people saying, hey, where can we find this stuff? Um, we've slowly been peeling back those layers to look at, you know, streaming services and stuff like that, that it can branch out. Mostly not even just for like a company perspective. So it might shock you, but like a lot of this, I don't necessarily look at to build as a company. And I think that the reason why it's so successful is because I look at it to try to build talent. The reason why, you know, I care about these shows so much is as, as an independent wrestler, it's so hard to be able to get decent content in terms of like, I can't tell you how many great matches I've had in a Legion that's had, you know, 
70, 80, 90, even if there's 200 people, because the video quality is not necessarily where it needs to be, you know, or the venue doesn't look like it needs to look. The lighting is crap. Uh, You know, there's so many things that I'm very critical, right? So the real reason as to why I put effort into all this, and I I don't necessarily look at this as like uh, trying to build it as a business. I'm trying to build it as 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 a group, as I'm trying to give myself and all these other talents an opportunity to showcase their skills on a level that you cannot find anywhere else. You can't find this anywhere else. You know, and I think that's what, what makes it special and what makes it work. That's amazing and unselfish and it's awesome. Um, so tell me this, how is the training center coming now? And as this, as these shows market the training, are more people beating down your door to get into the, into the game and how much, what does a student have to do to join your school? All you have to do is visit our website, www.toptalentwrestling.com. There's everything that they need to find is there. They can register immediately. They can fill out the application. They can send questions. They can, it's all right there at their fingertips. All the answers are, are online on our website. Uh, and our inbox is flooded. Like, especially after this last event, the inbox was flooded with people that are like, okay, how do we get into this program? What do we have to do? How long is it? You know, so they are working. It is working. And as we get more people in the door, people that didn't know about wrestling, people that didn't know independent wrestling existed, uh, they're starting to realize, oh, wow, we want to try this out. And sometimes, like, I think where wrestling studios go wrong is that they just market wrestling. Um, and this could be a free little bit of <laughs> info to anybody out there that's going to create a wrestling school is like, if you look at the odd boxing gym, if you look at MMA gyms, if you look at um, even uh, dance classes, pole classes, anything like that, they offer the ability for people to just come in to try a new way of doing fitness, right? And that's what I try to do with my school as well. I try to market that because then you get the people coming in the door that aren't necessarily wanting to have a career in wrestling, but suddenly they're really good at this, or maybe they have a good look. Or maybe they catch on to things really, really easily and you go, hey, like you, you might have a future at this. And I think with what we're doing and when people get in front of that and they see like this last show, for instance, we had six graduates in the ring. And after people saw the segment with the six graduates that we did, like I said, I was like, the inbox was flooded. <laughs> so it is working and, uh, and people do want to try it, whether it's you know, for a future in wrestling or whether it's just for fitness aspects or something to do on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every week, you know, they, it's working and they do want to be a part of it. I am so proud of saying, I know you seeing how you put this all together and you have all the right answers. Anybody that wants to take the wrestling business serious straight from being a fan who wants to get in or a wrestler who wants to get booked or any of it, you're the guy to talk to because you have an operation that co- covers everything. I'm impressed. I am, I'm amazed by that. Um, okay. So you have an old friend of mine coming to Edmonton. His name is Charlie Haas. He's appearing on the next show. Talk, talk about the next show. Yeah. So the next show is Thursday, October 6th. And we do have Charlie Haas coming in. He's going to be stepping in the ring with former UFC fighter and Mitch Clark. Oh, that one that one should be a spectacle because Mitch Clark is a decorated athlete. He is a world-class wrestler. 
Um, and obviously Charlie has an incredible background in wrestling. So watching those two, that, that's kind of the reason why I went that direction was solely for Mitch Clark and being able to get in there because out, out here, he outclasses so much talent, you know, and, and sometimes you watch matches of his where he's not challenged enough, where he's not able to tap into the killer instinct that he has. And I feel, I truly feel, and you could probably attest to this, that Charlie is going to bring that killer instinct out of him because he is such a world-class athlete. Yeah. One of a kind he's going to, and he'll deliver too, because he's probably going to see that venue and it's going to, he's going to know right away the quality of show he's on and the challenge that he's got because he's up against such a top caliber athlete. That'll bring out the best in Charlie, but it'll definitely bring out the best in, in the opponent too. Absolutely. Along with that, we have uh, dark Sheik who comes in from Las Vegas who's all over the independent wrestling scene right now and GCW, West Coast Pro, everywhere. Uh, any given weekend, you could see her wrestling. She's going to be wrestling Ava Lawless for the Top Talent Championship. Good. Uh, we're tapping into Titus Alexander, who is the self-professed king of the West Coast. He's coming in, and I'm going to be stepping in the ring with him. So we're really trying to pluck talent from all over the place that hits kind of like all different types of markets. You know, we have... We have world-class wrestlers, you know, we've got some people that'll come in and they'll throw down and they'll, they'll, you know, do whatever they need to do to, to try to secure a win in the ring. You've got athletes that are trying to put themselves on the map, um, and get their name out there, you know? So we're really, really trying to tap into all these different types of, uh, types of talents and all these different types of demographics to bring in. Well done. Um, so it's October 6th. How much are tickets? How can people get them? Tickets are $24. And VIP tickets are $37. You can get them at www.toptalentwrestling.com or you can head over to midwaymusic.com. They also have it there. You can also, uh, you can get them at the door too. And while you're there, you can take a photo with our nice big billboard. Yeah, the billboard <laughs> looks amazing. Everything you're doing Thank is you. is top notch. Like you call it top talent for a reason. Um, I got I to gotta ask you a question that's a little off, off topic now. Um, do you remember a night in 2005 where we, got a, we had a little, bit of too, a little bit of fun and got on the phone and called people and ribbed them? Listen, <laughs> I don't remember a lot from those days, Mike. <laughs> but it, I do remember that one. <laughs> it was such an epic night. Do you remember the Hulk Hollywood phone call? Oh, man. I remember the... Uh... I remember the Pilo phone call. I don't know if I remember the Hulk Hollywood one. Oh, Pilo. Yeah, Remind to, me what the, to... the Pilo call. What was that one? I believe we might've been JC Dirksen. So... And, uh, I believe we were firing up Pilo to the point where he wanted, I, if I remember correctly, he wanted to fight Dirksen. There might um, be a problem. I don't remember a lot of the context, but I do remember <laughs> that like these phone calls were driving him up the wall. Oh yes. <laughs> so what happened was we went out and we got home at about 1am and Danny Duggan had everyone's phone number and I love to do a good prank. And so it's Dirksen. There might be a problem. Pilo. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Why are you being like this? And, and you talk, usually I tell people it's Mike Davidson and then they don't believe it because I'm identifying myself. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we called him, we called Marty Goldstein and asked for my tapes back and told him it was tapes Royce. Back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just want my tapes back. And he was like, why are you calling me at one in the morning? I said, because I, I just realized you have my tapes. What tapes? Um, it was such a good time. And 
I got to say from 2005, when I, I think I met you in 04, 05 to now, like, it's amazing to see the journey you've been on the, the wrestler you've become the trainer you've become the promoter you've become. You should be very proud of yourself. I'm very proud of you. And I hope you keep up the great work. Thank you so much. And, you know, I, I will say this, Mike, uh, I owe a credit to you because, you know, being a young kid in pro wrestling, uh, not a lot of people wanted to take a chance on me. And you didn't need to take a chance on me. All the shows that you were doing were incredible. Um, a lot of the things that I, I try to base my company off of, and, and you're probably going to put yourself over for this, and you should. <laughs> um, <laughs> but a lot of the stuff that I based myself on was from a lot of shows that I did with you, because I remember when you'd go to sorry, when I would go to uh, WSX, when I'd go to AWE, all the things that you'd book me on, uh, uh, New Wrestling Nation, they were all larger than life events, especially for a bright-eyed 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old kid who didn't necessarily have the greatest look or look at all, but you had somebody willing to take a chance on them, you know? And those are things that I've never forgotten, and those are things that I think about when I'm dealing with talent or when I'm putting together shows or, you know, I, I constantly think of those things where like my, my future could have been a lot different if I didn't have opportunities. And, uh, and I got to thank you for that because you never needed to, but you always made room for me. You know, you always booked me on a show. You always made sure I was there. Um, and that's something that, you know, I've never forgotten. So I appreciate you. And I appreciate the fact that, uh, we can circle back to this and I could kind of tell you that too. I am humbled for you to say that. I appreciate that. You've always been a great young man. Uh, and you know what? I'm going to make it out to Edmonton to see one of these shows one of these times. It won't be in October, though. Um, keep up the good work, and you're always welcome to come on the Total BC Show to promote anything you want to promote. Thank you so much, my friend. I will talk to you again soon. All right. Talk to you soon. This episode of the Total Bees Cheese Show is powered by FirstRow.ca, Canada's online collectible store where you'll find the coolest sports cards, autographs from your favorites, action figures, and of course, wrestling collectibles galore. As a loyal Total Bees Cheese Show listener, you can get 10% off your order using the code Bees Cheese. Again, the code is B E E Z. S-H-E-E-Z, one word, and receive 10% off your order. Firstrow.ca, Canada's online collectible store. The Total Bees She's Show releases new episodes every Monday. Follow the Total Bees She's Show on Twitter at Total Bees She's, on Instagram at Total Bees She's, or search us on Facebook, Total Bees She's. Hey, this is Mr. Beefy Goodness Vance Nevada, the author of Uncontrolled Chaos, Canada's remarkable professional wrestling legacy. You may have heard me on episode 17, and you're listening to the Total Bees She's Show. What a great interview, Mike. My goodness, that was so good. And if you want to find, if you want to find top talent, just search them on Facebook on Instagram, Top Talent Wrestling Academy. You will find them there. And boy, Davidson over there, I could see him. He was he was pacing, because he's standing up these days doing these interviews. He was pacing around. He was renting his garments. He is ready to start up. He has got the itch, I can tell, because you were put over so hard <laughs> that you were like, yeah, I am, I am really good. I am great. I think I'm going to start up. You know, it's amazing. I picked, that, I picked um, Heavy Metal to be interviewed 
not knowing he was going to put me over, but hoping he'd put me over. And I was very happy with that. Um, I have no itch. I said last week and I underlined it. I am not looking to promote any wrestling shows. You can keep, you can keep saying it. Yeah, like I have no interest in no, that. Nobody believes you, but you can keep saying it. I wish you believed me. Uh, I, if I, anyone should believe me, it's you, and I, I can't believe you don't. I, I really should believe you, but I, I'm just waiting. I have got my I've got my Facebook open. I've got you unmuted, and you know what? I'm waiting for the day that I get a message saying, we're, we're starting up, kid. Oh, I, oh, you want to work. You want to work the main event. Uh, oh, well, sure, why not? <laughs> now, if you're offering. I, I, speaking of which. I was which, thinking more of a supporting role. Speaking but. of which, before we end today's show, we got to talk about all that's going on locally with dates. So you've got yes. some work to do over there because you got to fish up all those dates. Um, what's What part of the show are we on right now? We are just about to start the soon-to-be-named mailbag. But soon to be sponsored soon mail to be bag. Named, sponsored, whatever. Yeah, well, it's important that they know it's sponsored. It's We're not just naming it Bill's Mail Bag. It's like Bill's Bag. No, it's going to be named after a business that believes in us and wants to be associated with us. So it's going to be the soon to be sponsored mail bag. And I can't wait. But in the meantime, we have questions. I want to hear what they are. All right, let's check out these questions. And of course, we've got one in from Soup. Super fan Dave Cote. One of my favorites. One of Mike's favorites. Absolutely. <laughs> my favorite too, ish. Um, all right, here we go. This one from Dave. He asks, my question this week is, since your love for Tony Khan is so obvious, how would you change AEW over the next six months? Anything goes, match roster changes, anything like that. Uh, how are you going to set them up for future success after your six months. So exactly. earlier I talked about Jericho as champion. He would be my first change. I'd be building up Wardlow as the top baby face to chase Jericho. Uh, that would be in spring of 2023 where Wardlow finally gets him in the ring and wins. Um, what else would I do? I would probably, um, I'd push MJF as the second heel. I'd get rid of some belts. I'd get rid of that trios thing. I'd get Omega and the Bucks back on the roster. Uh, but not together. I'd make Omega a very serious top wrestler in the world type of thing. Um, I would probably even gas Don Callis in the process because I think Omega can be seen as a top guy without a mouthpiece. Um, this is just brainstorming. I'd get rid of Matt Hardy. I'd get rid of... Um, Oh, there's so many guys. The, the roster bloat on that company is ridiculous. I'd probably trim the roster significantly, and I'd try to use the TV properly to push other people. You know, a guy I'd really tie, I'd really try to do something good with would be uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Um, as for hiring, I'm not sure uh, who's out there that I'd want really badly, but um, I think the thing is, is that they they're. They just have to, ha they have to be more streamlined in their approach. Their booking has to be better. And, uh, yeah, that's just me brainstorming. Cause I didn't, I didn't pre, I didn't, um, research the question before it was asked. Okay. Well, I've, I've got a couple here. Okay. If you will, if you will. Can I give you indulge. feedback when you. Absolutely. And okay. my, mine is not specific like yours. You kind of got specific with yours, but mine was focus on the fresh faces, get as much as you can mileage as you can out of the legends and hire somebody to say no to people in the back when they want to do silly crap and storylines that are building six months in advance. Those would be like just off the top of my head what I have. Uh, you made some great points about roster bloat, but they need to focus on, fresh, and I don't necessarily mean young guys, fresh faces. So guys like 
Eddie Kingston, who the fans have bought into, a guy like Sammy Guevara, who does great things out there in the ring, Wardlow, MGF, these guys, the fans, they've decided that they like these guys. So why don't we do something with them that builds to something that's going to make money? Yeah, I that's think, all. I think they already pushed those guys fairly well. The one thing you're right about is... Running quarterly pay-per-views, it should be not. It should not be hard to build six-month storylines because you only have one. You have one pay-per-view blow-off every three months, so you you can carry things over to a second pay-per-view. It it it's not hard. Everyone thinks, oh well, now that the match is over, you you have nowhere to go. You always have somewhere to go to to continue an angle if the people are buying it. So yeah, good good call, Chris. You're you're on. Oh, and I, I suppose Young Bucks and Kenny Omega as well. And I agree with you, booking Kenny Omega as a sort of a serious wrestler would be... Didn't they book him as the Lance Von Eric in the six-man tag tournament? Like, he's he's the extra guy? Yeah, too many too many belts. Yeah, w- w- wasn't Lance Von Eric, Kevin, and and Kerry the world-class six-man tag champions when the, they yeah, took those the belts? Yeah, the invented brother, yeah. Yeah, when they threw those belts away, it was a cousin, but... Jeez. All right, we've got another question in. This one is coming from Curtis... If Mike Davidson is such an a- expert at everything with professional wrestling, why were both of his ventures, his big ventures, failures? And I cut off a bunch of it because it was a little bit of an incendiary email, but that's what I'm going to hit you with. What does incendiary mean? It means uh, it would make you angry because it was unfair. Let's just okay. say that. Okay, so Curtis says Mike Davidson's visions were failures. Okay, good, good. Thanks, Curtis. I appreciate the question. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Um, I think your feelings are a little hurt. No. No? No, and I'm not mad about it either. I like questions like that. I like feedback like that. I like the opportunity to talk to that perception that I failed in everything I did or that I couldn't pull off what I tried. Now, understand something. Um, What I was trying to do wasn't something that every independent wrestling company tries to do. It was hey, we weren't just trying to put up four posts, three ropes and a canvas and calling it, we're going to run a wrestling show. This was a lot more elaborate than that. And it was a lot bigger scale. Now to do it, I said this when WFX hired me, Jeff Dick, I said, there's a 99% chance we're going to fail, but I'm willing to swing for the 1%. And when I had an investor named Jeff Dick who wanted to swing hard at the 1%, what a refreshing feeling. We had a 99% chance of failing. So in the end, when it didn't succeed, um, it wasn't a personal failure. It was, in fact, the as far as we got, was actually a personal success. It's one of the biggest successes I ever had. AWE, let's talk about that. I started with a vision that we were going to get a company to have a t- uh, pay-per-view in Canada. We did that. That was our first success. Then in the process, the Fight Network launched in uh, 2005, and we were picked up to run a weekly TV show. Um, The unfortunate part is when you're doing that without funding, like without revenue from your TV, your funding, which in this case was investment capital, isn't going to last forever unless you start to build the business behind it. When you grow so fast with pay-per-view and TV and your, your investor is going to run out of money unless you can build the business just as fast. I didn't think we were going to get TV in 2005 and then we did. And to do that, we were going to have to come up with, you know, a half a million dollars to be able to service the TV contract. I believed that it was all, it was all leading to something where the market would, would take to it. So I don't think it failed. 
I think when you take things like being on pay-per-view and being on TV, and then in 2010 with WFX, when you get a US TV deal, even though it was syndicated, I don't think there's too many people that can ever claim they did that. So don't I don't think Curtis should call it a failure, and I don't call it a failure. I think that since 2010, too many promoters, heavy metal and top talent being a big exception to that, have tried to get by doing as little as possible to accomplish whatever they whatever their goal is today. Um, and I don't begrudge them doing that. That's their business model. Our business plan was quite different. It was quite elaborate and it, it led a lot of paths. The paths to failure were much greater than the one or two paths to success in that vision. Not my fault. The investor wanted to do it. Not my fault. The investor sought me out to do it. It was actually my blessing and I, I don't consider it a failure at all. That That's a great answer and, and a lot more calm than uh, I would have been with it because I think it's a, I think it's a, a crummy thing to say because to fail on that level, to fail in quotation marks, I mean, that's failing your way forward and that's how you succeed in life. You fail your way forward. Could you imagine saying that in, a, in say the NHL, 32 general managers, 31 of them failed because they all didn't win the Stanley Cup. Right. Right? No, there's a lot of successes that don't include a championship. So we didn't last forever. Guess what? I didn't think we were going to last forever. No. I enjoyed the ride for what it was. And to be on that level, it's it's pretty pretty difficult for me to actually call it a failure. And I just think it's, I think it was unfair. That's all. And I'm not going to defend you because you just got put over big time today. <laughs> so you're still... Got to balance it out. Yeah. Thank you to Curtis for bringing me down to earth after Heavy Metal did a very good job of putting me over. All right, Mike, we got some dates coming up. Yeah, here. let's talk about that. We've got, um, we're going to start with the Saskatchewan dates in early November. It's Harry Smith, sorry, Davy Boy Smith Jr., uh, debuting with CWE. They've got, I think it's four dates. They're running Regina for sure, Prince Albert for sure, and two other dates. Um, you can check out cwecanada.ca for information on that. Tony Candelo is running TCW Wrestling at Comic-Con for three days, October 28th, 29th, and 30th. Admission is your admission into Comic-Con, so whatever that costs. Uh, I know he's got Eugene booked, Wavell Star, Massive Damage, Kat Von Hees, Bobby Schenk, who was, I should have talked about. He was on Monday Night Raw this past week. Um, he's also, he's got, he's got a pretty good card he's putting together. Uh, Primo's Wrestling, yes. and I, you look him up on Facebook, it's Primo's Wrestling Primo's Wrestling, yeah. if you search it on Facebook, you'll find you'll it. You'll find it. And yeah. he's running October 29th and 30th. He's got Nick Aldis. He's got the Bollywood Boys. And he's got Lance Archer over the two nights. And I'm excited about yeah, that. Yeah, he's like, charging $30 a ticket. You know, But th- those guys... They're not all on the show at no, once. No, but over, over the three days, like those are all guys that I would go to see. I wish him luck. Um... You know, I just shrug it off. It's, it is what it is. Winnipeg Pro Wrestling's coming back December 9th. It's called uh, something pain, December pain, something. I can't, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that yes. more as we get closer, obviously. Uh, who else am I missing? Am I, am I missing any? Oh, the one that I want to talk about the most top talent wrestling yes. in Edmonton, October 6th. My friend, the world greatest wrestler, one half of the world greatest tag team. A guy I worked with in WFX, Charlie Haas, is going to be there. Heavy Metal's promoting it. It's going to be amazing. It's at the Midway. Um, earlier, Heavy Metal talked about ticket price and how you can get those tickets. Make sure you check that out if you're in Edmonton. It is going to be an amazing show. All right. We hit all the dates, and uh, you'll be hearing about one from Mike Let's Davidson Let's talk politics soon. quickly. No, we're not. <laughs> Mike Davidson's going to be starting up soon. So You know what? I don't have time. 
I have no time to start up. I you works, want to talk politics? I work 75 hours a week. Let's talk politics, but we're going to talk about wrestling politics. Okay, there we Something go. very interesting. I was worried for a minute. Heavy, uh, Primo's is running, they were going to be running head-to-head with 3D Pro Wrestling on the October 29th. Yeah. They now have to run against Tony Candelo, who's running Comic-Con. It's going to be interesting. I, uh, I, I take my hat off. You know, Tony's 80 years old. He's planning on being more active than ever, it seems. Hey, if you're in Winnipeg, it's good if there's lots of options to spend your money watching wrestling. Support your local independent wrestling show. That's why I love Dave Cote. Yes. That's why I love all of our listeners of the Total Issues show. I shout out to you often. If you send me a note, you talk to me, I'll talk to you one-to-one. We can talk wrestling. We can talk Greg Gagne, wrestling, Powertown Wrestling figures. Yeah, I've ordered mine. They're going to be amazing. They get here in January. I can't wait. Um, yeah. Thanks for supporting Total BC's show. Well, the boss called me up and said, come in to work. I just hung up on that slave driving jerk. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. Well, you'd think I'd rather be sweating on a dock or watching somebody use a hammer lock. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, I love to watch the missing link bang his head on a corner post and the romper bumper butt butt delivered by the ice man. The Freebirds, Roberts, Hayes, and Gardy, but what I like the most is Kerry delivering the iron claw as only the Vaughn Eriks can. Well, the boss called again, said it's time and a half. You'll come in tonight, and I just had to laugh. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, my girlfriend called, and friends, she could be a model for Fredericks of Hollywood, but she was hassling, really hassling. Said I could come over early and stay real late, but I told her, honey, if we have a date, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Kevin Von Erich, when he's really high and flying, I like to see Ric Flair, but he's out there strutting. Andre the Giant must be seven foot nine. Well, I wouldn't miss this for a dozen girls, and I wouldn't miss this for nothing. I said, honey, I hope you ain't hurt. She said, I'm putting on my wrestling shirt. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Well, last night I dreamed my life was over. There was golden streets and fields of clover and the lights. They were dazzling. I looked for old St. Peter at the pearly gates. I found a note that said, I won't be too late. I'm going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. There's gentleman Chris Adams with his super kick in place. Young Mike Von Erich with his own iron claw. And I'll never forget the classic matches of the 70s and 80s. Two champions, Harley Race and David Von Erich. St. Peter told me as he let me in, from now on, every Monday and Friday, Glenn, we're going to wrestling. Going to wrestling. 
R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. R-A-S-S-L-I-N, that's wrestling. Boy, if I'd known this was going to happen, I wouldn't have bought those advanced tickets. By the way, St. Pete, are you sure these wings will fit in a ringside seat? Is Fritz coming up here anytime soon? 